Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. How was your week, Matt? It was really good, man. It was really good. I made a lot of progress. I did a lot of hard things, which I think makes me feel a lot better about the week that I had. <laughs> so uh, I pinged you when I sent that email. I took a screenshot from my phone of me receiving the email because I'm on my own email list and of just sending it out to the audience and being like, it's live. You should come in and try this and use this. Awesome. And yeah, that was so that that felt good to just it was like an automatic win for the day to just go out and kind of plant a flag. And I'm beginning marketing. This is Matt. This is what it looks like when Matt markets. <laughs> I did it. I did it. So yeah, that really kind of kicked off a lot of things for me this week or this past week. Um, went out on LinkedIn. I have a few friends that are CPAs kind of across the country. I have the one that helps me with my business. And then I have another one on the West Coast who's a friend and uh, my friend on the West Coast posted it for me and I kind of upvoted it and sent it around and it, it got a few likes from people I know and got recirculated. So that's cool. I got some traffic from that. Nice. Never don't often think much about LinkedIn as a channel. I keep forgetting that it exists, but it'll be, I'm kind of making a list now of the things I want to try next and thinking about how to do outreach on LinkedIn is something I'm going to think more about. So did a few cold calls as well. I just wanted to warm up my muscles of, okay, how do I, how do I start reaching out to people? What do I need to say? So I cold called a couple of uh, a consulting accounting firms in Halifax. And really at this point, it's just figuring out in as few steps as possible and as authentic as possible without feeling like a salesperson asking, hey, do you do American taxes? Maybe I can get 15 minutes from you to see how you deal with X and Y problem. So I'm still honing a script and trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way that I can approach these people. And how, how was it so far? Yeah, so I've got, I cold called three, uh, and I've got one appointment booked uh, for a demo. Uh, well, it, it'll be, I'll say, I say a demo, but it's more like an interview of like, okay, I want to get this person on the phone and ask them, you know, how do you do this? Um, really, the, th- I, the, I, the questions I want to get to the bottom two are, you know, how many people are you servicing? And maybe that's not that important, but, you know, I want to get an idea of the rough size of the of the firm. Is this a big thing that they do? They, do they have experience doing it? Um, and really that I'm kind of hoping that well, my feeling is that the more clients that they have, the more they will understand the problem of I've been waiting for my FBARs or I'm waiting for my clients to get me what they need or to get the numbers or to file them so that they'll understand the problem better. The people who do American taxes for just a few clients, they'll get it. But I don't know that this will be as big of a problem for them. So right. if I had to make a rank order for accountants for whom understand this problem very well i would tend to pick the people with more of those clients um but either way that's not that important it's real at this point i gotta just you know work that muscle of calling people you know put endure the stress figure out how to get what you need but also not come off as scammy or <laughs> or cheesy sale car used car salesman or anything like that but uh, you said you said you scheduled one for later but the th- you talked to three people yeah, so I, I spoke to three firms and I'm trying to get my way in there because okay. it's, yeah, so like I can reach out to accountants. It's difficult to, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll take your, your, your opinion on this. The thing I want to do is talk to the accountants direct, um, but the firms themselves, sometimes they'll list 
you know, a, a desk phone for the accountant at the firm, or it'll be a, a reception kind of thing, or like an inbound, an inbound phone. Um, do you think, I need to try both, but what do you think would be the most like respectful approach? Do you think it's, hey, let me talk to the accountant and the accountant can speak for themselves? Maybe it's more, maybe it's more respectful to speak to reception and say, oh, maybe there's a, a way in through them. What do you yeah, think? that's, that's a really good question. I've, I've never done cold email, uh, cold calling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I see, I see the problem. You know, there's a gatekeeper and, and you will never be able to convince them that there's value in this FBAR thing. Like they, they're so disconnected, but it might, yeah, it's probably disrespectful to like try to schedule a call with the accountant just to sell them on something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Cuz the thing I don't want to do is like pretend that I'm a prospective client to get in there yeah. and then say, "Oh, by the way, this is I'm turning the tables completely and I'm trying to sell you something." Like I would be very angry if Yeah. <laughs> if that were me. Um, yeah, I, exactly. I agree. So, trying to hone my approach of who and how do I talk to these people? What's the best way to broach them about the about, about the subject? Um and maybe that's a measure too of how big of a problem it is. Like cold email, if I had to make an analogy to cold email, it's like if I can make a promise to a user in a cold email subject that's like, say goodbye to worrying about FBARs ever again, most people are going to say, what the hell? No, delete. But the people who really have that problem might think, I think I should click this. Maybe there's something here for me. I mean, maybe cold email is actually better than, right? Yeah, if good you, point. If you sent out cold email saying like, uh, do you guys, you know, do, do you guys calculate the FBARs for customers? Uh, it's probably something that if there is a gatekeeper, it's not something they can answer. So they will forward it to the accountant. Yeah. And then maybe you can, you know, it can lead to a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think right now, at least, I kind of have a, a list of questions of like, how do I get, what's the most respectful way to reach, respect respectful, but also effective way to reach my target. And I think it's just going to require some experimentation. I agree with you around... I think a, a very, very valid test would be if there is a gatekeeper reaching out to that gatekeeper with the idea of, hey, I do you do a lot of American taxes? If you do, this is actually a real problem. Maybe you could forward this on or, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I was, I was thinking being a little more tricky about it, <laughs> like, like not, not making your offer right away in the email. It's more like a conversation starter. So it's right. more like, like, do you, you know, do you guys do the F bars, or or is that something that that uh, I have to do? Mm-hmm. So so it's basically it, they might interpret it as you're a potential lead for a customer, but it's really just to get the conversation started. Mm-hmm. And then when when they respond, then you say, oh, "Oh, because here I built this tool that generates the F bars for on behalf of your your customer." Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. I that reminds me, actually. I uh, my wife has helped me a little bit with early marketing and talking to people um, because my wife is the expat, not me. And uh, she actually reached out to a few of the online or the the big expat uh, tax houses and just straight sent them an email and said, "Hey, you know, do you do this? Do you do the F bar? How how is your what does your F bar process look like?" And they were very upfront and saying, "Oh, this is how we do." And perfect. Yeah, so, no, exactly. Okay. So they're they're willing to answer the question. That, mm-hmm. That's a first. That's a good first step. Okay. Because cool. then, then after that, if they respond, then the next email is is a little bit more pitchy. Like mm. it's more like, well, here's what I've built. And okay, cool. All right, I'm gonna I'll I'll make a note of that, and I'll that I'll add that to my list of experiments. That feels very open and honest. 
but I don't know about the uh, cold calling version because because I agree. At first, I, I didn't think about it when you talked about it like last week. Mm-hmm. It made it sounded perfect, right? Like people they're advertising, so you just have to call them. But yeah, but I didn't think about the fact that there's a gatekeeper. There's there's someone there to screen the call and basically make appointments because they're potential customers. Mm-hmm. So the one of the things that I'm hoping to do with all of this is um, as I ramp up, there's two things I want to accomplish. I would like to create basically a lead list. I want to create like a, a, a an entire CRM full of every accountancy in Canada and if they will handle American taxes or not, how big they are, and then starting to nest people inside of it to be to say these are contacts and this is the last time that they were updated and just with some real simple things because that has value as well. Even if, uh, e- even if you know, F bars goes to zero or something like this is still or never, <laughs> never reaches more than zero. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> then uh, th- this also has value. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, and then the other thing that I also would find very interesting is hiring like an assistant or something to help me do these calls. Like even if they're going out and fu- and maybe they're assembling a list or doing the initial phone screen or anything to start building a build a process around creating a lead list. I think that would be a very use of time. Yeah. I think you should you should prove that it works first before hiring someone to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like see, can you actually get an accountant on the phone and have a conversation about F bars? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> but it, but if you can yeah, then after that for sure you can hire someone to to just go through the script and reproduce it. Mm. Uh yeah, so did a couple of initial cold calls. Um and now I'm dealing with more like online groups and uh, and niches, subreddits, that kind of thing. And they don't like to be most. They don't like to be advertised to. <laughs> most of the subreddit rules, that sort of thing, are don't, don't advertise that sort of thing, which I understand. It, it makes sense. I posted in a few subreddits to say, oh, I'm launching my first project, and it does this, just to you know. It, I mean, they're not. I posted in uh, slash r slash fintech, and you know, there that's a huge subreddit full of like not a bunch of expats, I would imagine. But something kind of really interesting happened when I did that. I got a post from uh, I got a reply from someone who said, "Oh, I've actually worked in this industry for many years," and he said this w- would work really well as a white label solution. And I was like, "Yeah," I I responded and said, "I totally agree. That was one of the things I've been thinking about for a long time." And I said, well, since you worked in the industry, would you mind if I just like DM'd you and asked you like very loosely for some like industry tips or whatever? And he said, absolutely. Let's have a call. So we scheduled a call and I met this guy, super nice guy. And he's basically worked in expat banking his entire career. No Um, way. (laughs) Yeah. So he told me all about expat banking in Europe and what it's like, the types of people that they, uh, that they service and what it's like to service them and how much they charge and what they do and how they do it and meet financial regulations. And we, we talked about a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, it was really, really interesting to kind of get the lay of the land from, from somebody with so much experience. So he gave me all sorts of things to think about of like, not necessarily how to reach people, but a much clearer idea of what would an expat be thinking? Like helping me to understand what the ideal customer. He's dealt mainly in Europe, and I'm dealing more in Canada, so I have to figure out how to assimilate that information. But like, I just took pages and pages of notes as he was talking, so it was really interesting. That is awesome. Yeah, just like the kindness of the internet. Super nice yeah. guy. Totally didn't have to do that. And met with me. 
Awesome. So yeah, um, posted in a few Facebook groups. Uh, I'll say like the posts were risque, maybe like <laughs> not quite advertising. Maybe like I'm looking for feedback on this. Right. Some subre- some uh, Facebook groups didn't mind it. Other ones issued me warnings, that kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. You got some warnings. <laughs> uh, so that didn't feel great, but it's like, okay, I understand. But <laughs> I, I get it. So um, so all in all, I've as my for my initial wave of marketing, uh, I feel good about what I got done last week. I really just kind of put myself out there on all fronts while I come up with a bigger plan for how to how to reach people. So, and then in terms of metrics, uh, I was looking at my page and visitors and that sort of thing. So I've gone from zero visitors to more than zero, which is great. You know, people are clicking. Uh, infinitely better. Infinitely better. Immeasurably better. <laughs> <laughs> Unquantifiably better. And then uh, I, in terms of signups, uh, I checked and I got my first sign up this morning from somebody who used a disposable email generator. So <laughs> maybe they were just checking it out. I don't know, but... Uh, I have to review the hot jar and see if they had an ad blocker on. E- either way, I'll query the database and see what they were doing. But somebody was interested or somebody was interested enough to click and sign up. So yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. cool. And yeah, you, they might come back with a real email later. They can keep using a fake right. email. That's okay. I mean, well, I, <laughs> it would be better if I could reach them again next year. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, exactly. But I mean, this person is tech savvy enough to realize that there are disposable emails and that they want to use. Yeah, so all in all, last week was mainly marketing. Um, fixed a few, you know, bugs on the back, that sort of thing. Random small thing. But yeah, really, it was just putting my whole heart into marketing. Uh, I feel like last week was a, I feel, I feel like it was a win. I feel like I'm very happy with what I got done. Nice. So this week, um, so last week, I will, I will say I didn't have much of a, I won't say I didn't have much of a plan, but I didn't have more than a one-step plan. <laughs> it was, okay, do a hard thing and... And feel good about that. And now this week, I need to come up with a stronger plan for how I want to move. So um, the first thing I have in my plan is I would like to give a PPC a really small try. Um, I want to drive a... Because I, I, I'm realizing that there's all these Facebook groups full of expats that would be perfect for a product like this. But I can't reach them the way that I want because I can't just post in the groups. I know they're there. Uh, so I know their profiles, I, I know things about them, but I can't reach them directly through these groups. So I'm going to investigate PPC a little bit to see if I can, I don't know, even if I can get, get people to click and how much it might cost. Um, I thought from the beginning that I might have to do something like this. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I haven't really done any PPC before. I have some friends who have, so I'll be interested to see if it yields any results at all. Um, so I'm happy to throw, I have to come up with, I have to think about and come up with what a budget would actually be for a, for a meaningful experiment, but um, it's something I'm interested in. But you have friends that you can talk to that yeah. will guide you. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll at least keep me from falling into the big pitholes, so I can just yeah. let something run quickly. And uh, I'm I need I'm going to set a quota for myself for reaching accountants. I'm just going to I need to say I'm going to call three a week or five a week or or something like that. I need to come up with a metric and just turn that crank. Nice. Yeah. So. Good. Yeah, so that's really my my kind of plan for the for the upcoming. How was your how was your last week? What'd you get up to? It was it was hard. <laughs> Tell me. You know, right? It's my my experiment of doing one week of dev, one week of marketing, and alternating for the whole month. So last week was my last week of marketing, and uh, yeah, it started off really rough. Like I just hated every moment of it. Sure. 
procrastinated. Uh, I mean, one of my big goals was to record a new demo. For the CSV new, up. Yeah, for the, no, for actually for the Airtable oh, sync. Oh, excuse me, for the Airtable sync, yeah, yes. That's it. I wanted to do the same thing I had done for the CSV upload. Mm-hmm. So a video that I can put on the homepage, put in the onboarding, and also just put it on YouTube and mm-hmm. post it a few places. So I by the end of the week, I finally recorded it. I mean, most the beginning of the week, I was rehearsing it in my head. I was actually setting up the project because, you know, I have to create an air table. I have to create a Webflow site and uh, actually tr- try to use it a few times. And then I, I, d- I discover things that don't work. You know, oh, shit, this doesn't really demonstrate, you know, or, or like how can I demonstrate uh, how I can import videos, you know? So then I, my... My idea was to create a job board, so videos was not a good fit, but in the end, I had to just give up on the videos. All right, okay. this will just be a job board. At least it shows off the multi-reference fields, and uh, I think, yeah, the rich text fields. Okay. But anyways, at least it shows the whole the whole creation of a workflow, like mm-hmm. the four steps needed to create it. Great. So I finally got that done, and then I posted it to Facebook. Okay. So I had posted a few things in the Facebook groups before and really I'd get maybe like three likes and this one like blew up. Hey. <laughs> well, blew, <laughs> blew up and, you know, like for that, for that group. Yeah. Yeah. Like in that, you know, I have over 30 uh, reactions, like almost 40 reactions on it and uh, some comments and yeah, people were like, <laughs> one person said, this is sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> That is an amazing <laughs> testimonial. Yeah, I know. I should put that on the homepage. Yeah, exactly. That should be your H1. This is sorcery. <laughs> You're right. That is a much better H1 than what I have now. <laughs> so yeah, so really lots of reactions. And then some weird like trickle-down reactions. I had posted my first video in that group like in December. Okay. And like I said, it had, it had almost no reactions. But now I guess when someone found this one, I don't know why, but they went and found the other one too. Oh. And in the other one, I was asking for Webflow designers to, to reach out because I, w- I wanted to collaborate with some designers. Right. Like maybe make some demos together. Oh, or, um, great you know, idea. Awesome yeah. idea. But, uh, but nobody had responded when I posted it in December. Mm-hmm. But now like, like one person went back to it and commented and said, Hey, I sent you a DM, like, you know, contact me. And then I guess that brought that post back up to the, to the surface. Mm -hmm. So then more people saw it and then someone else posted on it again and said, yeah, I'd like, I'd love to collaborate. And and so then I started getting this, you know, this activity on the old post. Mm. Yeah. And already I had a call this morning with someone who has, who's, is building a directory of no coders. Okay. Yeah. So that 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 looks promising. Uh, and then the other call I have with a designer later this week is uh, look, looks very promising. Also, amazing. That's really yes. cool. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. So that like that ended the week in like in a highlight. Like yeah. wow, marketing works. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I said I'll even post it on in Hindi hackers like. I've never posted indie hackers, so I just posted it, and sure enough, like I start seeing a bunch of inbound traffic come in from there, and I uh, got a few comments so far. Yeah, looks looks promising. That's amazing, think, man! That's yeah, a great week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that so that was my big 
that that's that was like a nice way to finish the week and and then I was able to to retrospect on the whole experiment of this month right this whole experiment of doing a week off right a week of coding a week of marketing and even though those weeks of marketing were super hard they're they're hard, they're hard like motivation wise I have a hard time doing it and then when I do it I, I find it emotionally hard I just it um it's really not my cup of tea like you know posting stuff and then it's it nags in the back of my head like did anybody comment did anybody click it and so then I keep going back to my analytics I keep going back to the post it's it's neurotic <laughs> I, I usually don't feel good by the end of the day but forcing myself to do a whole week of it like nonstop it really helps me get in that mindset like really thinking about marketing so then I'm I'm thinking about marketing when I'm walking a dog or when I'm in the shower or or even when I'm watching TV I start getting ideas and like it really it's it was super valuable it was very good to to force myself to to be out of my comfort zone to do a different task but then it trickles down into deep thinking that I do cuz I like to often just sit on the couch and just listen to music and just think <laughs> yeah, yeah and so but then i would end up thinking about marketing instead of dev right so super valuable so for the next month i'm not going to do a week on week off okay because well i think i think now that i've i have a taste for marketing like i think the motivation won't be so bad but i think i'm thinking of doing th- three out of five days of marketing so for for the next month three days and then two days of dev but uh but being able to to be flexible about it yeah so if I have an idea for dev, use up those two days right away and then do marketing for the rest of the week or vice versa. So that's the experiment I'm going to do. And I started, like, I, I'm not an MBA. Like, I, <laughs> even though I've been an indie hacker for almost 10 years now, like business-wise, you know, it's I look at it more as, uh, I use a scientific method for everything. So like, it's like, what what kind of experiment can I do to get more information? Let's see if I'm on the right path. Mm-hmm. And, so anyways, all that to say that I don't I don't have an MBA, so like I was trying to make projections for my sales. Right. Like what you know, what are the what are gonna be the projections for the next few months? And I have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> I tried, you know, just I'll just plot it linearly on a chart, right? Like, yeah. But but then it's like, yeah, but it's not linear. Like there's a little bit of exponential growth, word of mouth and for, so but but if you try to plot it exponentially, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like, You're a billionaire. It's like a hockey stick. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like hockey stick growth. Yes. So I've, I've played around with different equations. And I don't I Anyways, in the end, like I come to something that I'm comfortable with. It's, not, it's, it's a conservative growth. But what it allowed me to do is to see that I can start spending more now than, than what I'm actually generating in revenue. Because right. I, you know, I have money in the bank and... You know, I can chip away at it for quite a few months before revenue starts to surpass the expenses. Mm-hmm. So, so that I found that really motivating to to actually try to spend money this month. So, oh. like, um, I set myself a budget. Like, I need to spend this money. Okay. And you know, I as you know, I'm I'm the cheapest person in the world, <laughs> and like, throughout my whole indie hacker career, like I've spent so little. Like, yeah. You know, I'll spend on on tools and like on sure. hosting, mm-hmm. but marketing wise or labor, I've done nothing. I think I, I, I once I got hundred dollars of free credit of ad sent of AdWords, I used it up, and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So yeah, I've, I've spent nothing. So now it's like 
this is this is definitely another example of going out of my comfort zone. Like just I'm gonna, I've set his budget. I'm going to spend this much. Okay, well, this is fun. So, like, what yeah. do you, where do you see yourself spending this money? Uh, yeah, well, that's that's it. I started brainstorming a bunch of stuff. Uh, right away, I, I decided to give Twitter ads a chance. Okay, because I, well, I, I know that a lot of the no code community is there. They're on Twitter, so I thought. And you know, whenever I'm scrolling Twitter, I'm seeing these ads. Oh, sure. So, you know, there might there might be something to it. So I decided to try that. So, because that was easy, right? I could just set it up, set a budget, and then leave it alone, and then move on to other things. Mm-hmm. And that that was weird. Well, first of all, uh, Twitter ads interface is horrible. <laughs> Interesting. Um, like 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 horrible. <laughs> like, tell me about it. Like, what? Yeah. Oh, like you know, you would think this is a business that makes all of its revenue from advertisement, and you would think they would have a really good tool for it. Yeah. But no, it's just broken. Like so, I I start a campaign and I, I do you know all the, all the steps like of mark of uh, setting your targets, uh-huh. like um, your budget, who you're gonna target, uh, where you want it to appear. And then you get to the bottom. It's like all right, now you gotta pick your creatives. Right? So that's your that's your ad. Like what what's oh, your ad gonna okay. look like? Um. So but then there's like no way to create one. They have like a search where you can. You can search through your old tweets, so you you could like pick one of your old tweets as your copy. Right. But in my case, like nothing's appearing. Like it's just nothing. It's just empty, and and when I click on something, I get a little error message that says uh, you have no creatives. All right. So I'm completely lost. Like no idea what to do. So I go to YouTube. I search. I find some people that that will show you like how to create a, a campaign on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And these videos are not made by Twitter. They're made by <laughs> random people. Yeah. And then, so I'm looking at one of the videos that using the the latest interface. So at least I know it's up to date. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to the bottom, he says, oh yeah, so now at this point, you won't be able to create any creatives until you enter your credit card information. So I'm like, really? Like, maybe the error message should have told me that. <laughs> I have the biggest, like, my palm is in my face. Like this is I know, so seriously. Bad. What this the is their hell? business. This is their business, and they can't even like. Is anybody monitoring this? Is anybody like seeing where people are dropping out? Why? Why I'm, are people churning? This is really exactly. weird. <laughs> why do they all make it to the last step and then not continue? So I, I'm amazed. It's kind of it's kind of nice to see these huge companies fail like this because yeah. then you're there. Okay, I'm not so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my UX is not that bad. If they're able to fail with like, who knows how many engineers they have working thousands, on this? Thousands yeah, of engineers. Exactly. So yeah. So anyways, I enter. My, I go to the top menu and enter my credit card information. And that. that oh yeah. Well, that wasn't great because at one point they have a huge pop up that appears, and it's bigger than my browser, and I can't scroll, so I can't see the top of it and I can't see the bottom of it. <laughs> So I have to like zoom out to like 60%, I think, in order to see it all. And then, okay, so now I can enter my credit card information, click submit. That works. So now I go back to Twitter ads, campaigns, nowhere to be found. Like, it's, it's nowhere. Oh my God. So it didn't save. <laughs> it was non, it was a destructive action entering your, oh Jesus. Yeah, it's just not there. So. I, so then eventually I said, all right, I'll create a new one. You create a new one. It asks you what type of campaign. So I clicked the same type that I was creating before. And then it says, 
Oh, by the way, you have an unfinished campaign. Do you want to continue? <laughs> Die in a fire. Like, oh my like, god. Oh my god, seriously, guys. This is basic user experience. You're a public company. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, like, yeah, like you say, thousands of engineers. Like, seriously? So, yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, if you resume, then it works. It saved everything I had done before. And then I can create a creative. And, uh, yeah, no, actually, that was another bug also. <laughs> to to create the creative, they have this tweet composer that brings you to a tweet composer. And then, okay, saved your tweet. And then you go back to your interface. And again, it's the same thing. Your campaign is nowhere to be found. There's no like list of here are your campaigns. or So I, so I assumed, okay, I bet you if I try to create one, it's going to tell me I have an unfinished one. Sure enough. There it is. <laughs> there it is. You have an unfinished one. Do you want to resume? Yes. More than anything. Yeah. God damn so, it. Yeah. So I, I was so frustrated. But in the end, I got it to work. Okay. It's, it's been live now for a few days. Okay. But I've got zero clicks. Oh. But I've been, I was extremely targeted. Like I, yeah. I was like, even they recommend, they recommend like a, it's weird. Like they want you to be as broad as possible. Of course they do. Yeah. But that didn't make sense. Like, oh. no, I don't. I don't want random people to click on it. I, I want just really targeted people to click on yeah. it. How so about the I made it? How about the people I know that will like my product? That sounds like yeah, a exactly. Good person that has <laughs> clicking on my ad that I'm paying for. Yeah. But so yeah, it's very restricted. So they didn't show it a lot, and they got no clicks. Okay. So I mean, it's probably fine because the way I see it is, if it if it just appears in people's feeds and no one clicks on it it's still doing something like it's doing brand brand recognition right like mm. people will see it pass and i mean i i that's how i i seem to feel about a lot of these ads that i see on twitter like i, I never click on them but if you ask me now like you know what's an app that i could use to buy bitcoin i can name you one that i've seen a thousand sure. times <laughs> Sure. But I never clicked it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping maybe it will have that effect. We'll see the ad and they don't click on it. But then when they when it's time for them to sync Airtable to Webflow, they'll say, oh, yeah, wasn't there this power importer tool I saw? And then hopefully they'll just type it in their browser and they won't even click the ad. Right. So the, your ad right now, are you running it from your power importer Twitter account? And no, I'm actually running it from my, my personal okay. account. Yeah, like I and I chose... Because you can choose where it will appear. Mm-hmm. And I, I really chose only the places where it will appear where it doesn't look so much like an ad. Right. Like for Twitter, they usually put promoted. The They put a tag that said this is promoted, but they only put it at the bottom of the tweet. Right. So I was thinking if it's for my personal account and it only says promoted at the bottom, there's more chances that someone will actually start reading it before they realize, oh, this is an ad and then scroll by. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's 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 what we'll see. That's my experiment. Cool. We'll see. Okay. But uh, it was, you know, it was my first step into the let's let's spend some money. Totally. Um. So no clicks yet. Um. Do you, how does it? How do you pay for this? Is it like per impression? I guess you pay per impression, but then you also pay per click. No, here uh, I only pay per click. Oh, nice. So you haven't been charged anything. Nope, nothing. Oh, fantastic. Well, I mean, yeah. clicks would be better. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll celebrate I mean, too early, but... it's Yeah, I mean, it's nice if it if it's working. If yeah, it, yeah that'd be... If, it's, if people great. are actually seeing it and it's, you know, it's implanting a seed in the back of their mind, perfect. It'll be perfect. They'll be free. Okay. Otherwise, I'm starting to consider, like, hiring someone. Like, not like not a full-time employee, no, honestly. No, no. But, uh, like, I was... 
at one point I was like, I, sh- I should hire Corey Haynes. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, he does he does consulting a few days a week and he loves no code. He loves Webflow. Damn. It's like, you know, I think he's actually going to get it. Like, he's going to, he's going to understand what the product does and he'll find some clever ways to market it. Yeah. Uh, but then I went to his website to book to book a call, and there's a big there's a big message saying he's completely booked up and Damn he's not it. accepting any more customers. So I was like, okay, <laughs> God Derek, God damn it, Derek Grimer, yeah, you seriously. promoted you, you promoted Corey Haynes too much. <laughs> I, I got to use a. Uh, Savical. <laughs> oh, there you go. Haha. <laughs> yeah, he's using Savical, so I got to to use it to book it. Okay, it looks nice. Yeah, I've been. I finally am caught up on Art of Product. Uh, oh yeah. And yeah, Art of Product. Uh, Derek Grimer's uh, Ben Ornstein's podcast, and it, Derek Grimer is the creator of Savical. I'm finally caught up with it, and it's really interesting to I, actually like. If you're not listening to the podcast, he talks about how getting people to switch from Calendly to SavvyCal, a lot of, there was this general objection of, oh, I just signed my annual plan with Calendly. I'll get you next year. And then he's like, well, how about I just buy out your, your subscription? He's a, uh, SavvyCal is a little more expensive than Calendly. And he's just like, it's good for me. Like I'll make money from you this year and I won't make as much, but then you'll renew and it'll be fine. So let's just do this. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, this guy's a genius. Like that is, yeah. that is so smart. Oh my God. Exactly. I think, yeah, it's what, I think it's probably one of the many ideas that you could probably find on, on Swipe Files, his, his website. Uh-huh. I haven't, I haven't signed up because I mean, I, I, I'm considering it, but, but I really would much rather pay someone to do the marketing for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Many hands make like work. I wonder yeah. if, um, I mean, he, it, Corey would have a network. I wonder if you could ping him and be like, hey, you know, I really like you and your work, but you're full up. Is there somebody that you follow or you might recommend that that does what you do? All right, that's an excellent idea. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. I'll reach out. Yeah, because that was my next step is like, I, I need to find someone else and preferably another marketer that's in the no-code space. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, he if, if anyone, he would know to reach out to. Yeah. Man, talk about like it feels like the more we talk, it, the more niche and niche all of this becomes. It's like not only do I want a marketer, but I want a marketer who understands no code and understands the space. And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> but that's the beauty. Exactly. That's the beauty of the internet. Exactly, right? these people exist. They're out there exactly. and they're looking for work. They want to be paid. There's two billion people on the internet, and you know, like even if it's a tiny little percentage. There must be a bunch of people that have this exact skill set. Totally, totally. Actually, that would be such a sick niche too, because there's it's such a hot space now that you have people that are building these tools. It's like, how can I most effectively market? Oh man, yeah. what an interesting skill set that. I totally agree with you that like I'm really that Twitter is where your where your people are. Like I totally agree. I think a Twitter Twitter I find a, is a very interesting ad platform. The idea that like you could do content marketing via Twitter ads, those are the only ads I've ever clicked on where it'll oh, be yeah? like, um, I was doing a lot of Googling for, I think it was around the time that I was using traffic. Uh, I was trying to get a reverse proxy set up for FBARs and I was doing a ton of Googling around this and somebody was trying to, I guess they were trying to build a following because their their tweet was, the, the promoted tweet was something like, check how to do uh, check how to use let's encrypt for https using traffic click here for the example 
And I, that just showed up in my Twitter feed, and I was like, that is precisely what I would like to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> no no selling, no nothing. It was just like, oh, yeah, I click on this article. And I think the person, I think this person was trying to sell a book or something like that. But it was like, oh, okay. here's a unique piece of content around what you're trying to do. And by the way, I know what I'm doing, and here's a book. I, I didn't buy his book, but the article helped me, that's for sure. And I've bookmarked nice. it, and I'm going to write a blog post about it at some point. But Well, you're giving me ideas now for Twitter ads. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, the cool thing is, if it's so cheap that you only get paid if people click, then like, yeah. what if you just took all of the content that you've created and you turn it into an ad set and you just put it out there? And it's like, the best stuff is going to float to the top and that's what you'll pay for. And the stuff that doesn't floats to the bottom and it doesn't cost you anything. Right, I mean, that's it. Like, I had no... I had no hesitation to use Twitter ads because I'm not competing against myself. Like if I use Google ads, like I'm already appearing oh. on the front page mm-hmm. of Google for certain keywords. Sure. Yeah. So like if I, if I pay for those, that's just stupid. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, they're just going to click on my ad instead of, you know, my organic link that's just underneath it. Yeah, totally. So I have to find like the right, the right keywords where I don't rank mm-hmm. and I have to monitor it, make sure that I'm, I'm still not ranked. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so a great that's, point. I mean, it takes a lot more work, I think, to to find the right strategy for Google. But as for Twitter ads, it's like, you know, the only people who see my tweets now are my followers. So this is perfect. This is a way to find, to reach people that are not your followers, which is actually one of the targeting things you can use when you create your ad. That's, like, okay, I'm liking this platform more and more. Yeah, it's only people who don't follow me. Okay, interesting. Uh, have you ever tried Facebook ads? Is that something you think you'd ever try? No, I've never used Facebook ads, and I'm not. I'm not sure if I would try it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I think. Well, first of all, it's very visual. I think, like, you have to have an image or you have to have a video. If you like, it seems like that's more the way the the ads are presented. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I don't know if my users are there or. Yeah, fair enough. I I mean, I might try it in the end, but. Uh, yeah. The the thing about Facebook that I don't know that I love is your ads get better if you use the Facebook Pixel. So if you install the Pixel on your site and you bring people to your site, then you can say, run an ads. Oh, I haven't done this, but this is what I've read. That you can say, I want you to show this ad. I want you to treat the people who have visited my site as an audience, and I want you to show this ad to people like the audience who has visited my site. So, so it right. sounds extremely powerful. I don't feel great about doing that. It feels that feels a little icky, almost. Like I, I don't feel super duper good about it. I'd prefer to do something more like say, there's a bunch of people in in a Facebook group. Use that as a prototype. I don't know if you can do that, but to be able to say there's an audience template that looks like this, I think you should. Right. You know, these are the types of people I'd like you to show the ad to because they've kind of opted in at that point. But yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I I don't use Google Analytics because I don't want to to sell my users' information to Google, mm-hmm. and for the same reason, I wouldn't. I would. I refuse to use the Facebook Pixel or the Twitter one. Like Twitter has the equivalent. Okay. You could also do retargeting on Twitter. Okay. So I just yeah, I refuse to do it. Maybe it's being too idealistic. Like maybe eventually I will. I will come to the dark side. <laughs> But no, right now, I'm hoping that I can reach people more, I don't know, more ethically. Yeah, I think I feel the same way. I I would feel better if I knew that I could reach people in a more organic way. Not just, oh, well, I 
tricked you into clicking on my page, but it's, it's not really tricking. It's I'm presenting people with an offer because they have a problem. I just don't know how I I don't know how I yet feel about it. I would I would prefer to be able to do it like if you're in one of these Facebook groups, it's already so clear the types of things that you're interested in, and that's a great first step. Uh, you don't necessarily have to click on my page to get that feedback. Um, I think the groups themselves are a very strong are, are a very strong indicator of what your interests are and what your situation. Yeah, exactly. Is. That's it. That's what I'm doing on Twitter. Like you can target like keywords or even accounts, so you could say you know like target all of uh, Webflow's users. You know, like so. Yeah, you can you can target people without without tracking them around the internet. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of Twitter. Had a really interesting call last night with a friend of mine. He is a, uh, my friend Ricardo is a Spanish YouTuber. He teaches people to code in Spanish and he's been building an audience for these last few years. He sells courses, these sorts of things. And one of his favorite things to do is be super productive. <laughs> so he, he's all about managing his time and his life and making time for all the things that he likes to do. So he's like the productivity master. So he was building a course for productivity in OSX. He's been building it for the last few weeks and he was running a test on with he built a he built a landing page. Um after he saw my FBars landing page in Tailwind, he was like, "Man, what am I doing with my crappy little <laughs> landing page?" So we just ripped it out and threw in Tailwind UI, pre-used components, styled them a little bit, and he was like, "I built a landing page in an hour. This is amazing." So he so he built a landing page for this productivity in OSX. It's all in Spanish, and he was running some ad, Facebook ads uh, to try to drum up some interest for the course. Is this something people are willing to click on, that sort of thing? So um, a mutual person that he and I both follow is uh, David Perel. He's a writer on Twitter. He's very prolific. He teaches other people to write. He runs a course called Rite of Passage. And he just kind of tweeted like, what, what, I wish there was a course for how to be more productive. I want to set my computer up for maximum productivity. Defaults are for are for lame people. I want super optimized for productivity. And so I saw that and I just sent it to my friend Ricardo with the eyes emoji. Like, you know, check this out. And, <laughs> you know, about an hour later, uh, Ricardo sends me a ping and says, I'll call you in 45 minutes. <laughs> I said, okay. And uh, so he calls me later and he says, um, I took down all the ads I was running in Spanish. I took this page. I basically just did a quick translation over to English and I've popped up the site. I want to just turn this into a super quick landing page and I want to tweet it to David Perel and see if they, see if this guy will promote me or retweet me or whatever. And I was like, right. that is an awesome idea and you should absolutely do it. <laughs> so we we he called me at like 1030 or something. I was getting ready to go to bed and I, I just sat down and we just like, all right, let's, let, so we copy edited a tweet that we were going to send to him and just try to, and so um, we were doing that and I was like, all right, stop, like go by the, go by the domain so we can update the DNS settings so that it'll be live so that when we send the tweet, everything's all set up. So right. we're, <laughs> so we're racing against the DNS cached, <laughs> uh, cache decay and just like trying to get the, trying to get the tweet drafted. It was like unbelievably fun just like it's amazing how quickly you can pull together a landing page of just like oh yeah all together boom just run it and let it go so he uh so he tweets david perel and it's just like cool you know he's like i'm gonna go to bed i'll we'll see what happens tomorrow wakes up this morning tweet back from david perel hey this looks really good one of perel's followers must have seen that tweet and signed up for the course and bought and pre-bought it no way. Yeah, so, so you're just like, oh man, this is amazing. This is so cool. 
Awesome. Yeah. So just, it was such a fun reminder of like how quickly you can move. Yeah. That is so awesome. It's inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the, the guts on this kid, he was just like, I'm doing this. Let's, let's go. And just, yeah, that was, it was super nice to like be a part of a, be a part of something fun like that. So is this video, is uh, is this course like all videos like that he now has to re-record in English? So he was, um, he's been pulling together, he's been building a, like a syllabus for the types of things he wants to cover. And so like, I mean, he has a lot of tools that he uses and is optimized for his workflows and that sort of thing. So he, I don't think he's recorded anything yet, but I mean, he's been building the syllabus. So it's uh, productivity for (laughs) Mac.com URL. And I know he's taking pre-sales for his course and that sort of thing. Um, I think it's a genius idea. Uh, Like certainly, you know, when I'm writing code constantly, it's like, I can't without a strong, without Alfred and a few plugins, like I'm, I'm like five times slower, like just doing small things like, oh, I need to generate a UUID. I need to, I need to do a sort. I need to do like an XPath inside of uh, uh, JSON. I need to do this. I need to do this, like having little tools to help you with all that stuff. It's so critical. So there's no yeah. reason why, why everybody shouldn't be able to benefit. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I think I, sp- I mean, I, I run Linux mm-hmm. be- because it's so configurable, right? Yeah. You know, everything can be run from the command line or from the GUI. And of course, if it can run for the command line, it means that you create a script mm-hmm. and, and automate it. <laughs> you know, so I, so yes, yeah, so I'm constantly like optimizing my machine to, you know, if to never do the same task twice. Uh, but a lot of people don't have that mindset, right? Yeah. And 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 on Mac, that's probably there's probably a lot of people that buy it because it's it's done for you, like it it just works. Yeah, it, it's funny actually. Um, I've been thinking a lot about being an engineer and contributing back to like the engineering culture that exists because i totally agree i think there's a lot of automation that could be happening that isn't or in your case like you're doing tons of automation but like i don't have access to the automation that you've done uh, whether because it wouldn't work for me or because you just haven't shared it or won't or whatever but i was thinking about with some of the development that I've been doing for FBARS, I've been thinking, oh man, you know, I really should be sharing some of the small tidbits that I'm running into. Like I had a vision a long time ago for like, I, I, I can only describe it as like a reverse stack overflow, where it would be like, you don't search for problems you have, you search for problems you're going to have. So it's like, oh, I'm going to start a Spring Boot project in Java with this, and I need to do this kind of security and this kind of security. And then it's just like a big list of gotchas. Like, watch out for this configuration. You're going to want to add this bean. Oh, turns out this is really hard, and you'll want to think about that. So just like, you know, <laughs> this sort of thing. So just like share, oh, yeah. sharing the little tidbits that you that you come across. Because they're super helpful. Like, because how nice would it be to just like, oh, I have this... I mean, you know, step five in debugging, like Google the error message and see what happens. But just like, it'd be kind of, it's, it's really good SEO to just be like, oh yeah, here's the whole stack trace. And like, this is exactly what I did, or this is exactly what was wrong. And like, you're, yeah. you're going to be the default answer for that. Because it's like, how many times did this particular stack trace pop up? So I've been thinking about like doing more recording of the small things that I've been doing. And actually somebody who, uh, who comes to the Indie Hackers meetup, uh, Joshua Nossbaum, uh, he's prolifically te- te- technical, amazing, and he's kind of started a, a really interesting movement where every day he's going to spend a few hours. He wants to come up with three interesting technical things, really raw, to share every day. 
And it's like, I'm going to do two hours of playing around with Svelte, and I'm going to share three things that I learned. And I thought like, oh man, it's like we had this brainwave at the same time. So over the weekend, I spent some time, uh, I built a small utility for myself a while ago with um, the OSX notification manager, because you can pipe things to it, and you can get desktop notifications. And for all my build stuff uh, in my production setup for, um, you know, just for developing on my machine... Um, whenever I have a long running build and the build finishes, I get a desktop notification that says, Hey, your build finished because you know, got to kick your build off and then start Reddit and check out what's going on on the front page. It's really helpful to get a notification to say, Oh, Hey, it finished or it failed or whatever. Get back to work. <laughs> exactly. You can, you can stop doing that now. You can stop watching YouTube. <laughs> so, um, yep. but I was thinking like, Oh, that's actually really cool. And that it would be really cool to take that and pair it with other things. So like, for example, um, with Stripe. You know, you're going to receive, when you run the Stripe CLI, you're going to receive events. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be really nice, actually, if I could, every time I received an event, I piped that to the notification manager. Because I've been running into an issue lately where, in test, Stripe is not sending me notifications. I have no idea why. So, like, sometimes it will, or for certain flows it will, but other times it won't. So I just kind of spent the weekend, like, oh, maybe I'll build, like, a really long pipe command to just, like pipe the input from one thing to another and then send it to the notification manager and then i was realizing that i haven't dealt with unix quotes in like seven years so i had to relearn quotes and i'm like oh man i should just type this up and share it and then i'm thinking like oh actually i should build this into a small little utility and just like bolt that on so just thinking about like small little things that i can kind of do to just give back to the engineering world yeah i i mean yeah i i think about it all the time you know like in my home directory, I have a slash bin and it's it's in my path. So I just, I have like hundreds of scripts in there that I've written so that I can rerun them anytime. And often like I think of publishing them like, you know, like, yeah, I want to share this, this you know, this script that I wrote. Mm. But the my big problem is, I mean, first of all, I wrote it so that it runs on my computer. Yeah, totally. Right? So like, and I, I use Ruby. So, you know, I assume that you have Ruby installed and mm-hmm. all that. There's a big gap between writing something that is really useful and could be reused by other people, but then packaging it somehow that anyone can just install it and run it, mm. right? And there's also the the fear of you, you put it out there, people see your source and go, my God, this guy's a hack. Yeah, what a piece <laughs> of shit this guy is. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Let me open a GitHub issue and tell him how much he sucks. Yeah, exactly. That'll show him. <laughs> but yeah, if, I don't know if there was maybe a, a better ecosystem where you could just share this stuff. You didn't have to worry about the setting it all up to, to make it work. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You know, like, like an example, like you upload a, a Ruby script and then the site would just know, okay, this is a Ruby script. So it could... It could generate a page for it and show you like all the the steps to get it to work. Mm. Right, so I don't have to repeat all that. You know, if you're on a Mac or you're on Windows, here are the steps you need to take to get Ruby working mm. and how to install the script. And then the the rest of the documentation is is me that writes it that says how to use the script. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like the expand feature. It's like, oh, here are all the dependencies. Click expand to like see how to do all that. But it's just like exactly. by default, it's minimized. If you're running Ruby on OS X, then you're fine. Yeah. yeah, no, it, but yeah, because because there's lots of scripts I, I would love to share. Like, but you know, how how am I going to explain how to install this on Windows? I don't even have Windows. Like, <laughs> I haven't used a Windows you know, machine in years. Like, I, yeah, I can't be. I haven't used it since like Windows XP. <laughs> yeah. 
So like, I'm going to create a virtual machine and then, <laughs> and then try to make it work. You know, it's like the way to it, becomes, this... it becomes a job. Yeah the, way to, yeah, the way to make this script work is to install a virtual machine and run Linux. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's Here's funny. a Docker image. Yeah. Because well, oh, now I have to explain to you how to install Docker. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that a little bit before this call of just like, oh yeah, OS X is you because I, I was thinking about that too because I wanted to use said in in my script and then I realized like, oh, this is only going to work on OS X because Linux uses a different said. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Portability ruined. I have to write it in awk or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. I find there's a big gap between writing a script that works on your computer. And then making it accessible for other people and maintaining it. Yeah. That's the, it's a total turn off. Yeah, totally. Which is unfortunate because I'm sure some people would benefit from it. Yeah. Well, it, that's the thing, man. I, I, it's interesting when I was doing my marketing over the, over the week, when I was in, uh, there was a subreddit, it was like a FinTech subreddit or something. And there was a lot of posts about, I'm trying to build an app that does something like this, or I'm trying to build an app that does something like that. Would Plaid be a good use case? What about like, or I'm trying to make this particular thing work. What about MX? Does that work or whatever? And man, I I uh, I was looking at some of these topics and just thinking, God, man, no code is really amazing. Like I, I think about what you've built, like the the content marketing that you do through Power Importer is so important for like being able to take that and teach people how to bolt it on to something else. Like the fact that you're sharing that piece of how to, I mean, these people are, I, I was thinking about it specifically with Plaid because my, one of my other favorite no code platforms is Glide. If you've ever seen that. Yes. Glide is amazing. It is so cool. And there was a guy who was trying to build, I think it was like an expense platform, like kind of like splitwise or whatever. And I was saying to him like, well, you know, yeah, you, he, he was like, I need to learn, I'm gonna, I might need to learn how to code, I have to figure this out. And I was thinking about it like, well, you know, I mean, you wouldn't have to learn how to code that much, really, like, you just have to, with Google Sheets and Glide, if you got the right thing together, you really could just do the whole off thing inside of iOS with a, with a Plaid. And then you just have to write a little module to sync back and to handle the auth and sync back and forth to Plaid. And then you can just sync data to a Google Sheet and have it pop up in an app. And Glide even has like a template library of things. And one of them was an expense tracker. And I was like, there you go. This thing, this template gives you read and write on your Google Sheet. All you have to do is put data in it. And I was just like, oh man, this is amazing. Like to to think like being able to hook financial stuff up to a no-code platform. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, when you told me about glide I, I said oh this looks really cool i'll try it and like within five minutes i had an app for my wife and i to share a grocery list you know and it was like boom and it just works <laughs> yeah it's absolutely incredible but yeah I, I just like i look around it giving back to so i i responded to a few of these guys and they're like oh i'm thinking about learning how to write this language or what do you think the approach would be and I was just thinking like, oh man, there's tools out there that are actually solving everything that you want and you probably don't need to learn to code. Yeah, this is, there's like, you'll have to handle the auth, but that's it. Like everything else you can, you can buy off the shelf and, and stick together. And I was just thinking yeah. like, oh man, with like enough content marketing around no code and like what you're doing, like, I just think, oh man, like what an interesting way to give back to, to a group of people who are just trying to get started. It's like, oh yeah, here you go. Works great. Yeah. Yeah. No, no code is amazing. It's really cool. What? people are able to build with it and it's not just people trying to build businesses but you know sometimes just build like 
something to make their life better mm-hmm. like for their own personal use. Totally. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for me this week. I think we'll, I don't know if you have anything more you want to talk about. No, no, that's, that's it too. Cool. I need to go start spending money. Oh man. I can't wait for next week. <laughs> I want to spend money to make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't wait to hear this, how this is going to be. It's very Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually excited about it. Mm. You know, like it, it goes completely against my cheap, <laughs> my cheapness. Don't let it go to your head. Yeah, no, exactly. Next thing you know, I'll have a Lamborghini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who cares about the payments? Who cares? <laughs> What's a million bucks? It's fine. No, that's it. I mean, obviously, I've set a budget that I'm going to spend, like force myself to spend it. But obviously, if by the end of the month, I, I see no results from it, I'm not going to continue it. Yeah. And at least with Twitter, it costs you nothing, which is super cool. Yeah. And you, yourself, you've set those daily or weekly goals for cold calling. And- yeah. So I know that I want to do them. It, it's a matter of figuring out how many and what success looks like. Because if it's like, I need to reach X accountant, um, I have to I have to do some more battle to understand like how accessible are these people really so I can set better better uh, concrete goals. I don't want to just say something like, oh, I'm going to reach out to three accountants, but it's like, oh, it's actually getting in touch with the accountants is brutally difficult. So I really want to take that goal and break it down into, I really want to experiment between cold calling and cold emailing and understanding how to deal with gatekeepers. Maybe it's important to deal with them. Maybe it's Maybe it's better to try to circumvent them. There's a lot more for me to learn. And then as well, um, I need to reach out to my network a little bit more. I do know a bunch of CPAs. So asking for referrals and trying to have more conversations with people is going to help me understand how to reach people. So I just need to talk to as many people as I can. Yeah. I mean, the best the best approach is to set up a, a daily habit with with a measurable goal of what you can control. So if it's reaching, you know, reaching, reaching out to 10 accountants, like it doesn't matter whether you reach them or you, yeah. the act of reaching out was, was the goal. Good point. And then of course, you know, as the week progress, you'll find what works, what doesn't work. And you'll become more efficient at it, but you can't set goals. Like I need to talk to, need to talk to a hundred accountants. Yeah. Because that's out of your control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, I have a feeling that it'll be something just like you say, like it'll be a okay, I'm going to pick up the phone three times or I'm going to pick up the phone five times and see what happens. Exactly. I'm going to send five emails. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm going to have to do a little bit of research because I'm totally fine doing cold emails. I've done a fair amount of it. Well, a fair amount. I've done, I done it, I did enough when I was trying to validate my consulting business or such fine consulting client. So I learned a little bit through that. Um, and I'm also interested in thinking more about LinkedIn. I, I've read a lot about LinkedIn prospecting. Uh, I know a fair amount I, I know a fair amount about how to approach people, so that could be interesting, but I really don't know if CPAs spend much time on uh, on LinkedIn. I know there's certainly some, but it would be interesting to get some numbers on how many there are. I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of people swear by it. Yeah. Reaching out on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. it's, it's more efficient than cold emailing, but I've myself really on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Like, I mean, I feel like in the, in the IT world, we're like allergic to like we just get yeah. LinkedIn instead of if that's a verb, we get LinkedIn messaged constantly. Hey, do you My want a job? Or hey, <laughs> exactly. do you want to hire? Uh, hey, I run an offshore consulting agency. Do you need manpower? Um, exactly. No, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I deleted my account years ago. Okay. And I just recreated it. I think two years ago at at a indie hackers meetup. Mm-hmm. 
like someone was saying how successful they were at reaching out to people on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you need to be on it. Mm-hmm. So I recreated my profile, but that's it. That's all I did. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, now I get, I get spammed by headhunters again, yeah. which is the reason why I had deleted my account. Yeah. I will say it is nice to get a headhunter message every now and then and be like, oh, I do have self-worth. Oh, good. I am yeah. worth something. <laughs> No, it's true. It's especially when you, you've quit your job and you're trying to be an indie hacker full time. Exactly. That's like, okay, if this doesn't work out, <laughs> there are options. I just have to put looking for a job in my in my profile. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I feel like I've got lots of um, avenues to test. I just need to kind of put them in rank order and start turning the crank and not get not I know this this is not gonna be useful for anybody listening to the podcast, but tomorrow there is a is a meeting on Indie Hack, Indie Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's all about cold email outreach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know one of the guys behind that that business that's going to be presenting. Oh, really? Yeah, they yeah he he just joined them not recently or they just launched recently. But yeah, they do it as a service. They do cold emailing as a service. Okay, cool. I was I, my plan was to attend that. Um, I learned a bunch about LinkedIn outreach from. Jake Jorgovan, he runs a podcast called Working Without Pants. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he runs a company called Lead Cookie that does um, done-for-you LinkedIn prospecting. Okay. Uh, and he wrote a he wrote an ebook that I read um, that's really good, where he talks about, he basically, there's like, I can't remember, there's like six or eight scripts that he gives you that are just like, you know, of like, okay, here's the initial outreach. Um, here's the kind of thing you want to, cause you want to tantalize people. You want to give information. You always want to ask for permission for things like, Oh, Hey, I see we're doing something very similar. Would it be okay if we connected? And then like different approaches based on the type of offering that you have and the type of person that you're dealing with, um, white papers, like all sorts of interesting stuff. The, the ebook was excellent. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. So I was really interested in the cold emailing one. I follow a few cold emailing people on Twitter and I'm subscribed to their mailing lists, which is the ultimate hack, by the way. <laughs> if you want to learn how to cold email, join the mailing list of people who teach you how to cold email because they send you <laughs> examples every day. And you're just like, oh, great. Thank you. I'll just put this in an archive. And then whenever I need to cold email, I'll just look for Laura Lopich and look at all of her content. <laughs> Yeah. Shout out to Laura Lopish. <laughs> thank you for the thank you for all this free content. Um yeah, so I was planning to join for the cold email stuff. I'd love to hear more about that. Because I'm sure there's tons of tools. Like I've used Hunter IO before, but I'd love to hear more about like what their stack is and what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I actually had a one on one with uh with Michael okay. from, from this company and told me a bit about what they're working on. But it's mo- I mean they're mostly selling it, you know, as a service. Mm-hmm cold emailing for you yeah. but I'll de- i'm definitely going to be there tomorrow yeah since who knows i might even just hire them yeah i mean that's it right like if it <laughs> if it's uh if it, i have money to burn exactly exactly <laughs> and it might yield results so why not right yeah shouts out indie worldwide give that a google yes great community great people <laughs> anthony's awesome yeah actually i i was i was grandfathered into the founders club oh yeah because i joined mm-hmm. early so i was but uh, just this week, I actually reached out to Anthony, the, the founder, and I said, no, how, how do I pay for this? Like, <laughs> because like, there's no clear place where you can pay. I think you, you pay when you sign up. Yeah. But if you've already signed up and you've been grandfathered in, there's nowhere. So I just asked him, where can I go to pay? Because I realized like, how much value I've gotten out of the Founders Club. Same. Like I've met so many people. I'm maybe in, in talks right now with someone else, maybe start a new venture. Like So I was there, yeah. 
this is ridiculous. 80 bucks a year. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so cheap. Yeah. Like, I need to spend. No, I totally agree. I was grandfathered in as well. And I, so I met Anthony. Um, he's a digital nomad. And he was, uh, he, he started the Indie Worldwide. And then he decided to do a stint in Montreal. This was before the Rona. Um, <laughs> and uh, I met him. He came to, I run the Montreal Indie Hackers Meetup. And he came and uh, yeah, we just kept chatting and that kind of thing. And then he started Founders Club and yeah, I've met with him a few times to hear about like how the business is going and everything else. And yeah. it's really cool. He's managed to build something really interesting. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, I, I, I'm i a lot more active in that community than the actual indie hackers. Same. OG, right? Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I yeah, reading and posting is hard. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. I don't know. And, and you know, indie hackers is is once you have a whole voting system mm-hmm. like to to upvote people like it it changes the dynamic completely mm. people get more clickbaity about their titles and yeah. and then there's this reciprocal like kind of relationship and it gets so confusing mm. you know indie worldwide is you meet people face to face totally yeah what are you working <laughs> on like it can't get more straightforward exactly yeah yeah and the people are all lovely like they're doing re- everybody because everyone in that community is doing really interesting things. Like I get into a call and I'm like, man, I'm boring as hell. You guys are, yeah. you guys are doing cool shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, this idea to use Twitter ads was from a one-on-one I had this week. Oh, right on. Yeah, I was talking with him, and yeah, we're just like talking about you know our our our, our struggle to reach out to people. Like you know, what is he using? What am I using? And mm-hmm. then and then yeah, he was like, yeah, Twitter ads is pretty. It's pretty good. It wasn't successful for him, but he says, but it might be for you if that's where your audience is. Mm. So great. And the other thing, the other trick he told me is, uh, he said, YouTube comments, like somehow, like that's, that's a place where it's, it's socially acceptable to be spammy. Like you, you could just, just blast, like put comments with your links and it, it's like no one ever confronts you about it. Like not even the original poster, like no one, there's no one complains, no one flags you, you just... It's a free for all in the comment section. Okay. It's a free for all, right? Interesting. So, I mean, I I, I posted my link once <laughs> this week. Oh no, last week, mm. and I actually got a paying customer from it. Unreal. <laughs> I know. I was just like when you were like YouTube comments, I was like, get out of here! Like I like I actively do not scroll down to avoid the comments. Like, oh yeah, no, same here. But I mean, I mean. Oh, this, this was on my own video, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like someone commented and then, like, said, Oh, does it support this? And I said, No, but I could add it, you know, but I have this other feature that supports it. I just decided, Hey, I'm going to try this. Put the link to the video where I show how to use it and the video to the landing page. Uh, the, sorry, the link to the landing page. Right. And sure enough, an hour later, he's like signed up and paying and using it. Oh, man. Actually, that, like, that would be a really interesting venture, too. I wonder how YouTube ads. Per- yeah. No, that's it. We also talked about that. Okay. And yeah, the problem with YouTube ads is, you know, yeah, you have to produce a high quality video, mm. right? To it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm considering it, mm. but it's. Uh, I did spend a lot of time on Fiverr actually last week, like trying to see, like, you know, can I find people to write articles for me or make videos? Sure. Or, so I was exploring, like, yeah, if I can pay someone to make a high quality video for me, then I can make an ad on YouTube and try mm. it out. What kind of uh, like what would be uh, your example of like a high quality video like something you're putting together to to show an example of something or well that's it i really i really don't know like i don't know if you've seen any webflow commercials on youtube 
Like, oh, yeah. These are really high quality of actors. And right. They're funny. And, you know, I don't know if that's the approach to take. Like, mm. do I have to do that? I don't know. I saw, I saw one, one person recommend, like, a good approach is to make these 15-second non-skippable commercials. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because it's 15 seconds, they can't skip it. And I don't know. Like, then I don't know how the targeting is. You know, can I put... Because you know, there's a lot of people like showing how to sync Airtable to Webflow, you know, using Zapier, mm-hmm. right? But the video is like an hour long because it's that complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if I could just put a little 15 second clip right there, say, hey, do you want to save an hour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use Power Importer. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm full of ideas for something like that. Because <laughs> how cool would it be? Like, I'm just thinking if you were to insert something on. Like someone enters a field on Webflow and then it gets synced to Airtable and then and then Airtable runs a command or something and sends you a push notification or I don't know, something something like that. It'd be kind of cool to just be like, cool. And now you can just or it's like, you know, five seconds of the video is just like, like, you know, keyboard noise, tick, 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 key, other key. And then like beautiful handshake and then it's like notification or like cool sync operation or just like i don't know something something like that like i love the idea of like key key beautiful handshake and then just like oh and then like the you know <laughs> the cheesy like um odometer like or the speedometer like going up the, like the rpms are just <laughs> jacked and you're like yeah you run the internet now i don't know i i feel like i've got so many ideas for funny little yeah. things well, that's it. But that is not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, like yeah. This, this kind of, I mean, I can't even do video editing that well. Mm. And now you're talking about like multi takes. Oh yeah, baby. And- <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. if um, uh, my friend Ricardo, who I mentioned before, who runs Aptelante, the the learn to code in Spanish, um, this year he's been really figuring out how to systematize those his tasks. And his first thing was, I'm not that great at editing. I know how to do it, but he was like, I'm just gonna find a guy to do this for me and he found an awesome kid in mexico who does he has a portfolio of work he was excellent and he doesn't charge much and now ricardo can just be like great you know i he gave him a few templates of like here are the video this is the kind of video i like this is how it forms up can you edit this for me and it's the, his his output is excellent he gets he loves ricardo loves the results could be one of those things of just like maybe you take a bunch of b-roll of a bunch of different things and pay an editor and see if you can produce something or maybe find someone that just makes those videos word yeah even easier right yeah you yeah. tell me what yeah. you need and i'll produce it yeah exactly was there anything yeah, like that yeah, on fiverr yes yeah, was there anything like that on fiverr yeah yeah there's plenty of people that will make a video for you on fiverr i was looking at a lot of uh, a lot of people that will just like uh they'll speak in front of the camera in front of a green wall just you know like read your script you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> and some of them are very charismatic and they're good speakers and so I was looking, yeah, sure, like I could use someone like that. But no, there's people that will do the animations, you know, those explainer videos. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of people making video content on Fiverr. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's 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 what I'm doing this month is I'm willing to spend money. So okay. I'm going to look at all options. Okay, nice. Yeah. Oh, man, this but is, I, this is yeah. super exciting. I'm, I'm jacked for but, you. This is cool. But I think the priority is going to be like, if I can find someone that will do it all <laughs> right like within my budget if i can have someone that can say oh sure you know this is what we're going to do we're going to do this 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 and this yep. and that's going to be the whole schedule for the month 
Yeah, that would be that would be ideal. Yeah, that'd be incredible. So I guess I have some research to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, message Corey and see if uh, yes. see if, see if he's got anybody. Definitely. Cool, man. All right. All right. Well, looking forward to next week's update. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. I'll catch you later. All right. All right. See you next week. See you.